What do I mean by supreme adoption? Find out on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Dr. Johnny here, and welcome to another episode of Pushback. I am so overwhelmed and grateful for the responses that I've been getting from you, my listeners, uh, for these weekly podcasts. Uh, I'm grateful personally, but more than that, I'm grateful that you care that you care about our culture, that you care about the things that concern uh, our our families and our day-to-day life here in America. There have been so many things to talk about, uh, so many cultural aspects and pieces uh, that have been happening around this world, around the globe, but more specifically, just even in our own neighborhoods, that it's so good to be able to talk about these things uh, from an honoring perspective, to have conversations with each other about these cultural truths and pieces that we live in, uh, in the kingdom of this world, as well as representatives of the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. Uh, This podcast is actually going to be tying in many current events and many of the things that I've been talking about over the last several podcasts uh, as more, if I can be so bold, cultural dysfunction came into full view this week. And I'm just being stirred as, as we are entering into this even political climate that there is so much more on the ballot this year than just the presidency. I think you all will agree with that. And this came to even a greater head at the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, from the Supreme Court and the nomination of Judge Amy Coney Coney Barrett. Boy, you know, just even her getting nominated uh, has set off this political firestorm. And ahead of the nomination, um, Barrett has drawn strong criticism from Democrats uh, who, of course, have attacked her faith and have labeled her as an extremist over her religious views uh, and even on abortion. The irony is, is that she is the judge is being prejudged and she's being prejudged on her Christianity Now, remember my previous podcast entitled Change the Conversation. If you haven't listened to this podcast, I would would invite you to go back and listen to this because it gives a lot of context for the word being prejudged. It's the root word of the word prejudice. And I believe that already this judge who has been nominated has been subject to prejudgment, to prejudice regarding her religious affiliation. Now, of course, it has led Republicans and others to come to her defense. Former White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders tweeted, If liberals actually cared about empowering women, they'd be applauding Judge Amy Coney Barrett, a working mom with impeccable legal credentials, not not denigrating her with bigoted attacks on her Christian faith. Um, However, all of those attacks um, seem... um, mild, seem half-hearted compared to an attack that came this week from a Boston University professor. He's actually facing calls for his own termination after 
uh, suggesting that the Supreme Court nominee is a white colonizer and that she is using her two adopted Haitian children as props. This came from a gentleman named Ibram Kendi, ironically author of the New York Times bestseller, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Now, he made these comments on Twitter on Saturday, and I quote, Some white colonizers adopted black children, Kendi wrote on Twitter. They, quote-unquote, civilized these, quote-unquote, savage children in the superior ways of white people while using them as props in their lifelong pictures of denial while cutting the biological parents of these children out of the picture of humanity. Now, my friends, this fortunately set off a firestorm in social media and also set off a firestorm in my kitchen. (laughs) And I'm referring to my wife, Amy. Now, my wife, Amy, heard this quote on TV and she was mad. Now, there is a one-syllable mad, like she was mad, and then there's a two-syllable mad, like she was mad. And my wife, Amy, when she heard this, was mad. Two syllables. Why? Because this is prejudice. This is a prejudgment by this man who does not know Judge Amy Coney Barrett or her motives for adopting her Haitian children. This is prejudice in the purest form by a gentleman who wrote the book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. You can't even make this up. Now, I want to get back to Judge Amy Coney Barrett in just a second, but this issue, in my opinion, the issue uh, of what this professor touched on strikes even deeper than that. And I, and I think that's the, perhaps the emotion felt by my wife yesterday. It strikes at the spirit of adoption, which I would like to prove to you is paramount, critical, essential, any other word that means absolutely required for our faith as a whole. So let me explain. Romans 11.17 says, But some are these branches from Abraham's tree. Some of the people of Israel have been broken off. And you, Gentiles, which is most of us listening to this podcast, who were branches from a wild olive tree, have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. So my friends, we as Christians, we have all been adopted. Not just as figurative language like this verse in Romans 11 uses, but we've actually been received and welcomed in as children. As children. Romans 8, 14 through 16 are some of my favorite verses. Because this is what it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Not someday hope to or aspire to be, but that we are today children of God, grafted in. I love the word Abba. In fact, the word Abba actually is sometimes uncomfortable even in the conventional Christian teaching because we want to be reverent to the almighty creator God, and that is good. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't be. However, the word Abba is actually the familiar word that a Hebrew child would use towards his father. And so when it says in Romans uh, chapter 8 that we cry out, Abba, Father, Sometimes even in the conventional teaching of Christianity, they say, well, Abba just means father. As if they're saying, we cry out, Father, Father. <laughs> Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, he's making a point that when we receive the spirit of adoption, there's something that cries out within us, Abba. The actual literal interpretation of the word Abba is the word daddy. And actually the best interpretation of the word Abba is the word Dada. Dada. As we approach the almighty God with a childlike reception, where we cry out to him, Dada. It speaks to an intimacy, an intimacy with a loving father who has accepted us, who has grafted us in to his family once again. See, my friends, when we sinned, we walked away from the father. He never rejected us. We walked away from him and we became orphaned. And it says in John chapter 1 that Jesus came to declare the Father. He came to declare a Father to an orphaned world. That should make us very, very happy. And when we see, when we read a, a verse like Romans chapter 8, and it says that it was actually the spirit of adoption that actually called out to us, and it cries out within us. There's a manifestation within us that when we understand our identity as sons and daughters of the Most High God, that it comes out from us, that we won't be able to resist it. It cries out, Daddy, Dada, Abba, Father. We learned in medical school that when something was repeated by the professor, it usually meant that it was important and most likely on the test. Well, Paul does this as well because he repeats this in Galatians chapter 4. Chapter 4, 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent forth, listen to this, the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. Wow, these verses are powerful. And it repeats the very message that there is a manifestation that comes not only as the spirit of adoption, but the spirit of his son. It's the spirit of Jesus himself. The spirit of adoption is the very spirit of the son. It is Christ's spirit. And I believe that is the emotion that comes from the comments made by Professor Kendi. Because in my humble opinion, it comes from an antichrist spirit. Hence the outrage that we feel or should feel at those comments. Because the spirit of of adoption that led the Barrett family to adopt these children from Haiti is an absolute reflection of heaven itself. 
on earth as it is in heaven. So when someone opens their heart, opens their home and welcomes someone into their family, grafts them in, it is Jesus. That's what these Bible verses are saying. It's Jesus, nothing less. It's his heart. It's his spirit. Adoption is one of the highest forms of worship that we can express on the earth. When an orphan becomes a son or daughter and a family is strengthened, it's a direct reflection of heaven itself. It's that good. It's that big. It's that important. Let me take this opportunity to just shout out to Pastor Roy and Kathy Miles. They have listened to my podcasts, and I love them greatly. This family has opened their hearts and home to many through the foster system and by adoption. And Roy and Kathy, I just want to let you know that to me and to so many others, you are a hero of the faith. Your family is a direct expression of heaven itself. I'm proud of you and I love you and I'm grateful for you. So there are layers of reaction or should be layers of reaction to this conversation. But let me add one more layer to this critical conversation. Adding this conservative judge and I have to say I'm more passionate about this now than ever. It'll be so incredibly consequential toward the healing and restoration of our culture. See, Supreme Court nominees, I believe, are the most important thing a president can do, in my opinion. And more specifically, it'll bring healing and possible restoration to the issue of abortion. Now, I... I released a podcast entitled, When Does Life Begin? This is about a month ago. And I'm going to humbly ask that you listen to it and that you share it. If you haven't listened to it, I said at the beginning of that podcast, and I'll say it again now, it's my most important. It's my most important podcast because I believe it is the most important critical cultural aspect that we are facing today. And I believe that adding this conservative judge could be the most important, consequential aspect of healing to our culture. So let me ask this question. Why are liberals afraid? Why are they afraid that, that conservative judges will overturn Roe versus Wade? Why? Why are they afraid? If it is a solid constitutional law, why be afraid of strict constitutional judges? And the answer is because it is a bad law pushed through by activist judges. And they know that precedent, even precedent, when on poor footing, is vulnerable. Hmm. Roe versus Wade with this Supreme Court nominee, is vulnerable. I didn't know if I would ever or could ever say that in my lifetime. The value of life is our most important 
cultural construct, period. And we, the people, in this time, at this moment, can be heard because it's right. Because it's right. So I have a few asks of you, my listeners, at the end of this podcast. I have some things to ask of you. Number one is I need you to vote. I also released a podcast entitled A Vote for Democracy. If you are unconvinced of the importance of your vote, or if you've never voted before, I'm going to ask you to listen to this podcast and to share it. Because we are in a critical time and your vote will make a tremendous difference in sending a message to politicians about the importance of the situation that we're in. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, there is more on the ballot than just the presidency. There is a message of social and cultural health (laughs) that is on the ballot. And that's why I'm so passionate about having everyone and especially those who believe in, in a healthy Christian culture to vote. The second thing that I'm asking of you during this podcast is to consider leaning into and trying out our Powerhouse Family course. We have just released this course as an e-course So you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You can do it as a couple. You can do it as a family. But you also could do it as a small group or even as a big group. Because as family goes, so goes the culture. If you're a regular listener of my podcast, you're going to hear this hundreds of times. As family goes, so goes the culture. Everybody, if you if you went on the street and randomly polled everyone and said, do you think family is important? I, get, I would guess you'd get to close to 100% yes. Family is important. But how many people can answer this question? Why is your family important? I think you'd get more mixed responses. More uncertainty. Well, I am here to tell you that your family is not only important, it's critically important. It's critically important. And every family needs to hear why they are here on this earth and the destiny for which they were created. The Powerhouse Family Course is all about opening our eyes to the importance and the empowerment of what your family brings, not only under your roof, but to the culture as a whole. It is critical. And we need to get vision for the importance for which we were created here on this earth so that your family can be a powerhouse to create influence and affect the culture positively. It is an eight-session course that is my wife and I, my life messages about the importance and the critical aspects of family. It also, it also offers some real relational healing for those who have struggled in family and have seen family as a painful experience. It's time to flip this. Our culture needs it. Our culture needs strong and healthy families. The Powerhouse Family Course, now available as an e-course. You can go to gofam.org to check it out. 
And I strongly recommend that you and your family lead in, lean into its teachings. And the third thing that I'm asking is that if you would consider making a donation to GoFam Ministries. I know it's always hard to ask for money, but, but during this time, especially when many live events that we would typically be doing at this time have been postponed because of the COVID pandemic, your donations are even more appreciated. And I think it's important for you to know that Amy and I, as long as I am employed as a physician, we are not taking a salary from the ministry at all. We are only led by passion and love for family. That is our motivation to do all of the things that we're doing here through the ministry. So even if you would be willing to give $1 for every podcast that you've listened to, it would go a long way to help cover the production costs of this podcast. So I'm asking for you today to consider donating again by going to gofam.org. Gofam.org and you can click on the donation tab and please donate to our ministry. It would be so appreciated. And lastly, I just want to say that I do appreciate your listening. I've been so, so um, encouraged by the responses and the number of listeners that have been checking in, listening in to this podcast. We are after the health and culture, the health of our culture. And you are such a critical piece to that. So thank you. I am grateful for you and for your willingness to listen each and every week. I'm excited to come back next week and see what the Lord has in store to help bring health and wholeness to our culture. So now let's go together and bring impact and influence to our culture.